right as I try to get our sound level set, a train goes by. So our sound may be different this week, but I feel like plowing on because they sometimes sit there for 15 minutes. Yeah. So everyone, hello and welcome to Will This Be On The Test? I'm Maddie. And I'm Austin. And we're here today to talk about some things we should have learned in school, but didn't learn, didn't learn fully, or didn't learn correctly. And sometimes... We talk about how you think your wife loves you. Then she makes you watch the movie version of Rent. I did not make you do it. And I also gave you the option of skipping to different scenes. And you said no. We are. I wanted to watch Mark suffer. And I got to see Mark suffer. I don't see the problem. Mark is the worst. Mark is the worst. Mark is. Yeah. Especially, you know, and I'm not spoiling the thing because Rent's been around for 3,000 years now. Oh, good. You're not dead. Let's all watch my documentary question mark, which is just a three minute art house film of me showing my friends. It's it's a home movie. It's not even a home movie. It's basically like a slideshow. No, it was just the the opening credits theme for Wonder Years. It was just that. Oh, it was. Yes. It was just the opening for Wonder Years. Slightly drunker. Only slightly. It was the 50s. Wonder Years was a good show. So was Full House. I was just watching Full House before we started. Yeah. Oh, God. Maureen. This looming threat of Maureen. Yeah. Every time he's like, is she here yet? I'm like, nope. She's just. And they kept talking about Maureen. I'm like, she'll be here. She'll be here. And I told him, I was like, you've got to get through Maureen's performance. And then we're get, we can skip ahead to different parts, but I have to. If I have had to see this multiple times, you have to see it once. Move with me. Yeah, there's nothing good about it. And I mean, okay, the Rent movie could have been good if everything about it had been different. Yeah, I mean, you can say that about everything. It's like, boy, oh, no, Austin, the Titanic though, would have been great if it hadn't hit that iceberg. Austin, you were talking about how the music, except for the guitar, is actually pretty oh, good. God, it had like the worst um, 90s butt rock guitar the entire show. Like, what were the, I don't understand the music terms that you were using, but I think you were saying that the music that the lyrics are set to is good, but the other part is not good. Yeah. Um, but like, if they had cast people of the appropriate age, if they had had a different director, if they had reformatted the script slightly differently than they did from the stage, for, like, just a little thing. Like, it's one of the things I like about In the Heights is they waited until it was right. Yeah. Where, you know, with cats, they clearly did not. And they were just like, let's make this happen. The technology to make cats work will never happen. Or it has already happened. No, it has already happened. It's in the stage version, which is just what they should have done, because I forced Austin to watch the stage version on the video. You just, I didn't even, I don't think you even came to see it live with me. I think I ran into you there, didn't I? No, we, we, I I went with you to go see it live. Did we? Did we we run into Cassie then? Yeah. Okay. Um, I feel like I ran into somebody there. Seeing it live. Not the same thing as seeing the professional live, which you have to admit, at least the tech is good. Yeah. And they should have just done that for the movie. They should have. Like, there's something called willing suspension of disbelief, Mm -hmm. and people would have gotten over real fast, oh, these are people in cat costumes. Well, with this, it was so uncanny valley that there was no getting over it, which, if you want to learn more about that, talk about our, look at our Why We Are Afraid of Dolls episode. But speaking of uh, things that are, I don't know, I don't know how you started with Rent, which I'm pretty sure you watched two weeks ago. Well, we've been, like, behind, and I've just, I've I've pre-written all my banter. When you didn't talk about what we did yesterday. (gasps) 
Oh, Okay, yes. so first of all, guys, we went out and, like, did stuff for the first time I'm recently. I'm so proud like, of you. We went to Lowe's and picked out plumbing materials and then got ripped off by a plumber the next day. Our air conditioning is breaking, so if Taylor Swift wants to pay for that, or Josh Gad, or any of the other celebrities we're clearly it's best true. friends with. I feel with. like Josh Gad should do it because we're responsible we for need him to be getting frozen. that role in Frozen. Yeah. Well, we unraveled it anyway. But yesterday... After dealing with being ripped off by the... Oh, and I realized we got ripped off by the plumber, and I made Austin call him back, and I was like, Austin, if he tries to charge you for this visit, ask him if he wants a former middle school teacher who's had a very bad week to come out and talk to him, <laughs> which he, this was a different guy, was much better than the first one, but... Yesterday, we decided to actually go out and do something, so we went to a psychic festival. Oh my god. It was so... The people watching was spectacular. And see, Austin and I have very different belief systems on this, for the most part. Um, I am more willing to believe in these things than Austin is. I I think I've just seen enough of, like, the actual harm that some of this stuff does. Yes, people, and, like, replace medicine with it well, that I Austin, can't get behind it. And we were talking about that, too. I was like, you know, there, there is no, like, way I can poke you and flush your toxins. There is, basically, if your whole brain gets taken over by anything in this life, anything, something unhealthy has happened. And, like, back when we talked, like, at the Lilydale episode and all of that, yeah, even the spiritual healers are like, go see a doctor, follow up. We are not, we are not doctors. But there were people there who were like, I can heal you of all of your ailments. I'm like, no, that's not okay. You don't do that. Uh -uh. But, you know, I don't see the harm in other things like, I believe this crystal will help me, you know, stay focused. I don't see a problem, and I don't see why it can't work. It's one of those things where it's, you can't prove a negative. Yeah. It's like, eh. It's like, this is going to look good on my desk. I think I like it. Well, then I also, before you bought it, made you, uh, Austin bought a tree made out of crystals. Yeah. I made him like, okay, let's, let's go see what these mean. And it turns out it's going to ward off all the mean people. So. Yeah. It's going to be good. And then I ended up buying a pendulum. Which, you know, you hold and it answers questions, basically. And because I've done some work with those before and I'm, I, it, it works. Austin hasn't gotten to deal with that yet. Austin has gotten to deal with my tarot readings. And there are photos of him while I'm doing it. And he looks terrified because, okay, you've got to give me tarot, depending yeah. on the reader. And Austin is also, Austin, like, was watching me, like, get progressively, like, sweatier as we walked through it. Not just because the air wasn't done. Because I'm like, some of the people and shit in here should, like, is, is real. Like some of like I saw them like I'm walking past some of them and I'm going nope they're faking oh god there's basically no air conditioning in this building where yeah. it's happening and it it gets hot here and oh my god watching the goths makeup melt yeah it was really fun it's like there was someone who would walk by and I'd be like they're faking you can tell like I would go through their tells but then there was one lady who I kept just kind of stopping and who I'd walk by and I'd grab Austin's arm and I'm like I can. Like, I'm getting something from her. Like, there's something, some energy coming from this lady. Now, and I know Austin thinks I'm minorly crazy, but not majorly. And then I had a panic, like, a moment of panic when he walked past these boxes. And so I asked the lady there, like, what is supposed to do with these boxes? Like, what are they? She clearly had no idea. She looked like she was, like, probably just there to sell them. And so she made up some bullshit. I'm like, yeah, I know what the symbols on those boxes mean. Those are not what you're talking about. I was mostly trying to figure out if they were used. Because, like, you know, you the things things have meaning based on what you apply to them at the end of the day. Yep. There was another table selling very similar boxes. No issues. So I'm like, these are used, and that's not great. And then there was a guy trying to sell katanas. Oh, my God. He wanted to sell me a katana so bad. And I was like, dude, I'm sitting here. I'm wearing skinny jeans. I'm, I'm like the millennial, you know, the traditional millennial here. I've got my skinny jeans, got my side part. 
Yeah. Or no, center part. That's what millennials are supposed to you have. Had, she had a side part, so she's not quite well, perfect. Well, I'm, I'm showing off my gray my gray hair. I've got a bright yellow shirt with flowers on it. She was carrying a pumpkin spice latte. I did not. There she are, was wearing is, Uggs. Yes, I've kept this pumpkin spice latte since November, just in our fridge. It's not, no, It's it's been sitting out. I've been meaning <laughs> to talk to you about this, <laughs> this did, former latte. I actually did have a, I had a bag with rainbows on it that had Taylor Swift riding a unicat, like... And this dude wants to sell me a katana and will not let me leave his table. I'm like, okay. And I actually told him, and this is true. I already have a katana. And he didn't. And he was like, well, I've got nicer katanas. Like, how do you know your katanas are nicer than my katana? And then I got home and I went into this thing sound and walls Facebook group. And somebody was like, we were cleaning out my grandparents' house. Can someone tell us about this? And it was a katana. And I'm like, is he following me? What is happening? Oh, my God. though. Oh God, Austin! I I'll have to show you this katana later because it's clearly a real deal, probably a war trophy from World War II. It's rusted. It has uh, writing down the side of it. Like Ooh. they're looking at it, and people are like, you know, we can't estimate it from here. You need to go to like an appraiser or to a, mu- a relevant museum. They're like, but this looks like the fact that it's rusted is actually a good sign. Don't wash it. But seriously, this dude, he's like, my katanas start at. $300 and the really nice one that are what, fold forged folded folded steel folded steel are $1,200 but it retails for $2,400 I'm like okay do I look like somebody who's got $2,000 to drop on a katana when I already have a katana we have a katana at home <laughs> I seriously think he like I'm saying like okay he clearly doesn't believe I own a katana but he's trying to sell me a katana so either I'm the kind of person who would own a katana or I'm not <laughs> I think you're. The, I think um, you have pro- pro- progressed in your mastery of the blade enough. You can use the uh, two katana st- fighting style. Yeah, we have a katana because it was given to us as a housewarming gift. I, it's, right? Yeah, it was given to us and as a housewarming gift. And it, um, this one time, I thought I heard somebody breaking into our house, and I'm in my office, and I'm, I look around my office, and I go, "Okay, there's a window. I can go out the window." And then I realized, but the cats are in the room where the door just opened. So being the genius that I am, I grabbed the nearest thing to me, which just was scissors at the time, but not my phone. I left my phone on the desk and I went out to fight this person with scissors. Turned out there was nobody there. It was just a poor combination of a cat jumping off of a table and a dishwasher noise at the same time. But now I have a katana and a baseball bat in my office. <laughs> Basically, two, my, uh, I'd say my second and third choice weapons of choice for the uh, zombie apocalypse. My first choice being a machete. Yeah. So, yeah, I already have a katana, katana guy. Back off. I do not want to buy one of your $1,200 katanas when I already have a perfectly good katana of my own that I that I wield while wearing my skinny jeans and, wear, and drinking my months old pumpkin spice latte. <laughs> Maybe that's why you've been feeling sick recently. You should stop drinking that latte. <laughs> it's mostly it's mostly chewing at this point. <laughs> Goodbye, chunky lemon milk. <laughs> oh my god, guys! I know we've been going on for a bit. Can you tell? Like it's been a rough couple of weeks. Yeah. Like I feel like we've said that for the last month, but it's been. I think we've said that for uh, <laughs> the, the last entire, thirty-five for the, years. <laughs> for the last year and a half. Yeah, it's just. Everything in our house broke at once. Yeah. And I feel like kind of crummy all the time right now, just worn down. Like it's so I'm kind of rambly and I just woke up too after I I was watching Full House, but I I fell asleep. So I'm kind of in my just woke up rambles. It's 9 p.m. by the way. (laughs) 
So uh, who goes first this you week? You go first this week. Sweet. All right. It's, uh, let's see what happens because it's actually two to three pages shorter than usual. So I'm thinking okay. it'll go twice as long. Yeah. Usually that's what happens because you think I've got time to spare. So we go off on rambles. Okay. So I'm sure y'all remember from the early days of the mask wearing when people were like trying to get into stores without masks on and the store workers were like, hey, you have to wear a mask. And they were like, HIPAA says I don't. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. I remember that. And now people are still saying HIPAA says, HIPAA says, HIPAA says, even though that's mostly over. It, it's about everything. They're saying HIPAA says you don't get to know this. HIPAA says it's like a fucked up version of Simon says, but with legal issues involved. Yeah, that, HIPAA says none of this. And so I'm here today to explain HIPAA. I thought about doing HIPAA and ADA, but we'd be here for a month and a half. And I also really like the talking about ADA. So I'll do that another time. The Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act of 1996, a.k.a. HIPAA. You should already know that this does not apply to when you go to the store because of the name. Health insurance. It gives you certain rights over your own health information. You can decide who gets a copy of your information, look it over yourself to confirm things, and know who all has seen it. Like, they're not going to give you a list of names, but they can be like, okay, your doctor has seen it, the nurses have seen it, the CNAs have seen it, the medical transcriptionist, blah, blah, blah. They can tell you that kind of stuff. Now, here's the thing, guys. I read a statistic I was going through saying like over 40% of Americans have no had no idea that they could look at their own medical records. And in fact, some people are under the impression that you're not allowed to see your own medical records. At any time, you can ask to see your medical records. And I mean, you have to be allowed to see them. Nowadays, thankfully, with online portals, with your insurance company or your doctor or both, you can actually see them just there. So yes, you have a right to see them. You also have a reasonable right to be to ask to be contacted in certain ways, like don't don't leave a voicemail. Like a lot of them will say, like it's okay to leave a voicemail, yes or no, and you can check yes or no, and that's in case you know somebody else has access to your phone, or if you don't want to get those letters in the mail that you get when it's time to go to your yearly appointment, you can ask them to call you, things like that. And also, just as a like a hot tip, if you ever call your doctor or a pharmacist and you want to call back but you won't be able to answer, you can actually say on the phone, this is me, this is what I need. If I don't answer, you can slash cannot leave a voicemail. If you say you they cannot, they won't. If they say if you say they can, it depends on their own internal pol- policies. But I've usually had them leave voicemails because I said I tell them that. I usually add on no one has access to my phone but me. Uh Only certain information is also covered by HIPAA, including anything in your medical record, conversations about your care, any information in your health insurance system, billing information, most other info. But not all information is covered, and your information can be shared with people you have not approved in some circumstances. You can approve people, like you can sign off that your family members can see things if you're an adult, but they can also share it with them without your permission in some cases, which I'll get into. But yeah, if you go to your doctor and they're like, can we share information with somebody? And you can check yes or no. You can fill in the information. And you can usually also, there's a space that says what information, like get, if there's any more details. So I can say like, yes, you can call my husband with uh, for information, but I can also write only talk to him about billing. And then they can only talk to him about billing. Um, or I can put it in there, he can also contact you with concerns. And so that means that they can talk to him about that. So like I could just call it's like, hey, like the the fact that bees are still dying off really concerns me. Is that something I can call them about? Only if they're dying off when I'm around and no other time. So my wife has been killing bees. With her mind? Well, technically with her mind. She's ordering her hands to smash them. I guess that's using <laughs> her mind. Yeah, um, 
But what's weird, I actually, this is one of the things I came across and I didn't write down. They can have like certain ways to confirm that it's you. Like if you call and be like, hi, I'm Austin. I'm calling because I'm concerned about my wife's bee killing uh, behaviors. They don't have to have you come in and show ID or anything. I think technically it's apiacide. Go on. So they like they have some they can probably ask you some questions like my date of birth and stuff, but they don't make you come in and show ID. So you can just call for anybody and claim to be somebody you know that they've said contact as long as you know the the details they'll ask for. Not that I'm saying to do that. Please don't do that because that's a shitty thing to do and pro and it's also illegal. Yeah, I think that that might be and fraud. that's not and that's that's actually definitely fraud and that is not illegal on the side of the doctor. That is legal on your side. The folks who have to follow HIPAA are health plans like your health insurance policy, most health providers, and companies that process health information. Some parts of HIPAA need to be followed by billing companies, health insurance or health coverage and administration companies, lawyers, and similar. Not everybody who has a legal right to your health insurance or health care information ha- is covered by HIPAA. Some people can run around the streets and scream your health information if they feel like it, and it is not violating HIPAA. For instance, Austin could do that with my health information, and it would not be a violation of HIPAA. It would just be a good reason for me to run him over with a car. I just run through the streets shouting, Apiacide! Apiacide! I really hope that's the wrong term. It's I'm, I completely made that up. I don't oh. think it's a real term. Okay. <laughs> But I said it with confidence. Now, here are a few other people that don't need to follow HIPAA. Your employer. Now, some of guys, I told you I'm not talking about ADA today. That's a whole other issue. But if your employer shares your medical information, it is not a violation of HIPAA. Life insurers don't ha- aren't covered. Workers' compensation people are not covered. Most school districts are not covered. Now, that sounds a lot more surprising than it is. Now, that comes down to if you as a parent call the school and say, my kid has been diagnosed with diabetes, let's say. they That means they then are allowed to share that information with their teachers, which is something you should want. You should want to be able to make that one phone call and have that information shared. However, parents, if you're listening, don't trust that that information will be shared. It probably won't, either because they'll forget, which, again, awesome, Or because they'll say, oh, for privacy reasons, we only can tell certain people. I'm like, so when the kid passed out in my class because I wouldn't let them break the rule of no food in class, which was never one of my rules, by the way, you are now saying that it's that it's your fault. Cool. Because you didn't tell me you didn't think it was worth it. Don't assume anybody's going to tell anybody else. Tell all of your kids teachers if they have a diagnosis or a crisis or something. Tell them yourself to make sure it happens. Now, this, of course, doesn't mean school districts in the sense of, you know, when they're talking about teachers. But again, employers doesn't fucking matter anyway. Uh, Most state agencies that provide welfare services like child protective or adult protective services do not have to are not covered by HIPAA. Most law enforcement agencies not covered by HIPAA and a lot of government entities in general. So overall, since Austin does work for a government agency, they can pretty much do whatever they want with your health information if they had it, except for ADA stuff, which is a whole other issue, which means they actually probably can't. Yeah, it's, of course, again, don't just give random, like, say, for instance, librarians at the desk your medical history, which you may think, (laughs) who on earth would just start giving their medical history to librarians sitting at the desk all the time? And, like, social security numbers or tax information. Like, people just walk up to us and share this shit. So I can just start sharing that now? It's great. So uh, cool. I have a feeling you would get in a lot of trouble at work. Yeah, I know. I, I, I would not. But I would not get in trouble with HIPAA. Yes, not with my HIPAA. Employer. Um, you would not get in trouble with HIPAA. You probably wouldn't get in trouble with the ADA either because they willingly shared this information with a rando. But your employer, yes, I would imagine you'd get yeah. in trouble. So 
Yeah, just don't share your medical information with people who don't need to do it. But also, if you go to a doctor for the first time, tell them everything. That's one thing a lot of medical practitioners have problems with is people thinking, oh, well, that's not really relevant. You don't know what's relevant. They do. Also, though, if you walk into a doctor's office, they look at you and say, oh, you're fat. Just walk out because that's probably not why you're there. Yeah. So who can look at your info under HIPAA? Who is allowed to see your information? Anyone. Anyone. If a doctor deems it necessary for your treatment, care, or public health, anyone is allowed to see your information. So HIPAA means nothing. No, it really does. Well, no, it does. It means a lot because doctors have to be able to back up their decisions. Okay. Like they, it's, and the exception to this is uh, they can't give your information to your employer or for, use it for marketing purposes. So they can't sell the fact that you have diabetes to a diabetic company. If you're suddenly, if you get diagnosed with diabetes and you're suddenly getting mailers or emails or online ads about diabetes related Wilford stuff. Wilford Brimley comes right up to your door. That's exactly what happens. It's probably because you Googled it or your phone heard you talking about it or something. And not, your doctor did not sell your information. If you find out they did, they're going to jail. Oh, my. They are straight up going to jail. Yeah. They will not pass go. And they can be fined millions of dollars. So, um, by the way, this is a little tangent. I don't know how many of the out there have actually done like podcasty research like us, but oh boy, it ruins your algorithm. I get the craziest fucking ads now. <laughs> like, I hate all of it. I wish I got crazy ads um, because I also research for a living, so they tend to focus more on that. Yeah. Um, oh, I've, I've been getting some ones from what I did for this week, and it makes me angry. <laughs> so anyone a doctor deems necessary for your treatment or care or for public health. Now, chances are when it comes to public health, they'll just say, we have flu cases in this area. We have COVID cases in this area. They can provide basic demographic information like it seems to be affecting women between the ages of 25 and 40 or whatever it might be. Stuff that the public needs to know. They're not going to be like, Austin, last name, has fl has the flu. He lives at this address. You can find, and this is his, uh, this is his political affiliation if you want to go shoot him, Republicans, because apparently that's allowed here. Uh... That is also a thing that they can share is if you come in with a bullet wound, they can call law enforcement and give them all your information because they should. <laughs> they can give information to your relatives and your friends. Yes, to your friends. Oh, man. So long as they believe it is in your best interests, barring any objections from you. If you are awake and conscious and able to make decisions, they are not going to go talk to people who you did not give permission for them to talk to. It's as simple as that. Well, if, And if they do, they have violated HIPAA. If you are not conscious or able to otherwise make decisions on your own... Doctors are allowed to use their professional decision making, provided you have nothing in writing. If you have something in writing that says you can talk to this person or more importantly, do not talk to this person, that's when they know what to follow. So, guys, anything you want shared or don't want shared to certain people, next time you go to the doctor, be like, hey, uh, you can also bring a HIPAA form with you. You can print it off the Internet. You can bring in like, hey, there are certain people in my life who will try to get information from you in, emer in an emergency. I need to be able to write them down somewhere. And then we have electronic health records that can help transport that. Like, So basically, they can tell anybody they deem necessary to tell in their professional opinion so long as you have not told them no. And if you are awake and cognizant, so long as you have told them yes. This brings us... Oh, the only thing they cannot tell them. So if you're in the hospital because you got in a car, into a car crash, you're unconscious, your best friend shows up, nobody else has shown up yet, that person is like talking to them. They can tell them, 
you know, what state you're in, how, like if you're in surgery, what injuries you currently have. They cannot tell you about previous unrelated medical conditions. So they can't, they can't be like, well, because of her diabetes, we think she passed out of the wheel. They can't say that. They can just say she passed. We, we think she passed out of the wheel. I don't know why diabetes is the one that came to my mind today. I don't know. I, sh- I tried with. to lead us onto a path of killing bees, but no, we had to go into real world medical problems. Thanks a lot, realism. <laughs> Well, I mean, honestly, if you're trying to kill bees in your car, it's going to crash. Actually, there's... they think there's a few... Like, oh, there's uh, most, most single car crashes that don't involve intoxication are because of bugs? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or intoxication or engine or failure of the vehicle. Uh, but that does bring us to a challenge. Hospitals are overcrowded. You often share a room with a total stranger. God, this is why I am so glad that my hospital stays. I have stayed overnight in a hospital once in my life. And it was only really because my my surgery was in the middle of the night. And so obviously they just kept me there until morning. I, I can't imagine having a roommate when you're already in a miserable situation. All of a sudden, not even a roommate, a dorm mate who is also in a miserable situation. And especially if they're a chatty one. Ugh. Does it violate HIPAA for them to share information with you or your family around that stranger and their family? Oh, I'm going to say no. No, it does not violate yeah. HIPAA. They have to make any reasonable attempt to keep things private, but it is not reasonable to expect a patient and their family to be removed from a room at every time you have to have a conversation. Now, ideally, if they have to have a longer in-depth conversation with you, they move you elsewhere to have this conversation. That is not always possible, depending on, like, if you are in a bed all tied up to different things, holding your limbs together... They're not going to move you for this conversation. And if you're in that case, chances are your roommate is also in a similar situation. Yeah. But again, if your roommate walks around afterwards and is telling all your all your personal shit, they're a dick. Yeah. And you might actually be able to get them on something. Oh, well, then you just well, like you're harassment hear, you're or something. You're all of their personal information. So it's like, okay, bitch, I'll get you back. Like, oh, hello, Karen. Let me tell everyone about your explosive bowel disease. So yes, uh, doctors can talk to each other and to you when they can be overheard with basic reasonable precautions. So they cannot run down the street screaming your information. Uh, Reasonable precautions are things like lowering their voices, going into a break room if they can, things like that. But in an emergency situation like an ER, which is also very loud, they can yell as much as they need to because they're trying to make you not dead. We prefer it when you're not dead. How are you going to download and subscribe and rate our podcast if you're dead? Yeah, unless there's ghost podcasts we don't know about. I bet there are. I bet there are like people who like ghosts that are continuing to record their podcast thinking lives are normal. Ooh, maybe. Okay, actually, that'd be a great radio drama is ghosts that record on a podcast. Um, You know, I bet there are people out there like, you know how there are TikToks who, you know, there are ghosts in the background. We had no idea. And they're always bullshit. They yeah. are always like every time I just happen to be playing around and doing this thing. And something like was behind me. I'm like, funny how you've had like 20 videos before this and none of them had any watches. Then all of a sudden this happens. Really? Mm-hmm. And it's in the same place. Now, there is the really scary one where the guy breaks into the woman's house during it. Oh, yeah. And you can tell that's real because she fucking runs and then she called the cops. But I bet there are people who, like, there have been ghosts in their podcast. We had our ghost in our podcast, but she didn't record because it wasn't recording. She tried to warn us that we weren't actually recording. Yeah, we're sorry we didn't listen to you. And also, I'm leaning more and more towards you find my glasses. You don't take them, so. Oh, no. I'm, I absolutely believe that this ghost is finding your glasses. Yeah. Because so. you leave them everywhere. I'll find them under the couch. I'll find them, like, under cushions, on the floor, in the middle of the room. Uh, there was an episode of a podcast I listened to where they were like, were there ghosts in the background? And they were like, no, those were whale noises. 
people won't leave them alone about the whale noise. I legit didn't even notice them. So if you're listening, and that's why we drink, I did not notice the whale noises and therefore was not bothered by them. And people need to chill. Huh. Okay, cool. There are whale noises in the background of that. Weird. Only one episode of And That's Why We Drink, which you don't listen to. I know. <laughs> he does listen to Beach to Sandy Water to it now, though. I really enjoy it, just because I've worked in public service long enough that it's like, ugh. And you the... also have a sister, so. There's a, there's a catharsis to this. Mm-hmm. Did, oh, you haven't heard the one yet where they uh, the family wrote in, they're like, we like to read reviews, um, one-star reviews of our dead brother. Uh, <laughs> because they're like, we get to see, it with, like it's like reliving his personality. Because <laughs> they're like, he was just very dry, and people don't like that. Anyway, um, so yeah, Beach to Sandy, Water to it, it's fun. They can also, they're also welcome to advertise for us, but they would like, thanks guys who have never heard of us. <laughs> and if you're at a teaching hospital, they can share this information during rounds with students as much as they want. Like, basically, they can walk through the hallways and share all your information. If they're polite, they'll come in and... Well, not necessarily... That's, that came out mean. Um, if you're at a teaching hospital, it is reasonable to expect you will have a bunch of med students or interns following your doctor around. If you are going to your doctor's office, that is not normally a reasonable expectation. Typically, they will ask, can this person be in here? Yep. And, I mean, they don't really have to, but they can. It's just polite. And if you say no, they'll make them leave. I would never say no because this is a baby doctor. They're trying to learn how to do this. So even if you have your leg spread and there's a speculum up there, just let that person stay. They're going to learn something, but not about you. They're not going to remember you unless you're a total asshole. Yeah. So then what about minors? Not people who work in mines. Okay. Once someone hits the age of 12, they can get some care without their parents' knowledge or consent. Ooh. This includes mental health treatment. Or if uh, their parent sent them to that treatment, they have the right to say, don't tell my parents what we're talking about. Unless the doctor believes that child or someone else is in immediate danger, they legally cannot tell your parents what you talked about. So if you're a kid and you tell the doctor that you're planning on hurting yourself, they can tell your parents that. If you go to the doctor and tell them, if you go to the doctor and you tell them that you're just really depressed and all this other stuff is happening and you don't know how to handle it and things like that, but at no point do you make any kind of any statement that makes them think you're in danger. They and say, but please don't, or especially if it's, I'm really depressed because my parents are assholes. Don't tell them I said that. They can't tell them you said that. Yeah. Uh, most states have a limit, though. You can go to five 45 minute visits until a guardian has to be told. So visit five, that's it. Or at, at visit five, they could admit you to inpatient treatment. If they admit you into inpatient treatment, that does not mean your guardian gets all the information. It just means that they pretty much get to know that you're in inpatient treatment. But, but who's paying for this? See, and that is one of the questions. Uh, I actually am going to talk about that in a second. Okay. And But they can put you in inpatient. And if you are 16, you can check yourself into inpatient treatment without consent. So before 16, you need parental consent unless a doctor puts you in there. At 16, in most places, you can admit yourself without parental consent. They, depending on the state, don't have to tell your parents that you're an inpatient, but they could also then, like, you know, there's a whole, did they run away? Are they kidnapped? They'll usually call your parents. This does not mean your parents have right to all information. It really depends on the situation. Typically, they don't. In all states, minors can get sexually transmission transmitted infection tests and treatments without tele- without their parents knowing, and can have the results and treatments uh, without can, uh, can get the treatment and the results of the treatment without ever telling their parents. So basically, you go and get tested. Parents don't have to know. You can get a positive STD test. Your parents don't have to know. You can get treated for the STD. Your parents don't have to know. 
However, they in most states can contact your parents if they think it is in your best interest. So that is something like, you know, if you go in and it turns out you have crabs, it probably doesn't really matter in the long run. They probably don't have to call your parents unless you're like, it's because I'm, I'm, you know, living. Um, it's because my, I am also selling my body. They'll probably call your parents and the cops at that point. Yeah. But if it's just you have crabs, they can treat that with like, I don't really, I, I've never, like, I guess they shave it. I don't really know. Um, but if they, if you have something lifelong like HIV, they're probably going to call your parents and tell them, tell them. So uh, use condoms. If you are pregnant and under the age of 18, laws vary by state, but in many states, you're legally now considered an adult and all of your treatment and your child's treatment are confidential. But that, you know, is a whole other can of worms regarding the rest of your medical care and insurance. The moment a a person turns 18, even if they are still like, because, you know, there are some people who are older in high school, junior in high school, you're 18, you're an adult, your parents don't get to know your information anymore, period. Unless you say that they can. So you could be in your first semester of your junior year of high school because you're going to graduate at 20, which happens and it's nothing to be ashamed of. And your parents now don't get to know your medical information. Weirdly, they still get to know most of your school information and they still have to call you, call in if you're going to be absent and they have to sign permission (laughs) permission slips unless you're fully emancipated. It's a whole thing. Um, Even if you're still on their insurance. Except also not. The 18 thing is true. The insurance thing makes it way more complicated. Often, parents can get information about treatment and tests if you are on their insurance, no matter your age. If you look at your insurance website, chances are you see a breakdown of all the information of individual visits. If your insurance is set up like that, your parents can see it. Additionally, they'll probably get your medical bills and they'll get anything else related to money. So you can go get the treatment without them knowing, but they'll find out later unless you didn't use the insurance in most cases. It's always best if you're not sure what's going to happen, call the doctor or call the insurance company, because in both of those cases, they can't call your parents and tell you. Um, although I can tell you for a fact, I have met people whose doctors have told their parents shit when they weren't supposed to, you can report them to the state board because that's not cool. So even if they get that information, even if they go to your insurance company or get the bill, they can't call your doctor and ask for information. They can, I mean, they can call, but they won't be told anything unless you have signed a form saying that they can be told stuff. <laughs> so they're like, Hey, I got an insurance bill saying my son came in for an, uh, for an STD test. What was the result? We can't tell you that they're not, you're not signed off. We saw that they came in for STD treatment. What was, what were they treated for? We can't tell you that. So if you're over 18 and that's over, if you're over 18, unless you've signed off on it, it doesn't matter if they think you're in danger. If you have crabs or HIV, they can't tell your parents anything unless you sign off. A lot of the sites I went to for this information said, okay, parents, we're sure you're concerned that doctors won't tell you anything if your child's in an emergency, even as an adult. So get your kid to sign all these papers saying they give you blanket permission to see the records the moment they turn 18. There are generic HIPAA forms. You can turn into the doctor. You can have them do durable power of attorney, whatever you want them to do. Zero of the site said, hey, kids, you don't have to. Yeah, please don't. Don't. And actually, in some cases, this would be considered signing under duress, depending on how your parents are making you do it. So here's the thing, kids and young adults and people our age who feel pressured into things like me. You never, ever, ever have to sign anything you don't want to sign. It just means that whatever you didn't sign doesn't now doesn't get to happen. So you can look at an apartment lease and say, I'm not signing this. Okay, you just don't get the apartment. It doesn't matter how much that person wanted to move in with them. If you didn't sign the lease, they can't force you to. You don't have to ever sign off on a loan. You don't ever have to be a co-signer on a loan. You don't ever have to 
agree to anything in writing, including your parents being able to access your medical information once you are an adult. You don't. And if you feel you were forced into it, like at the doctor's office, you can go home and call your doctor and say, yeah, I felt really forced into that. Can you take them off? And they'll do it. They'll do it. So that's the thing, guys. Don't ever let anybody pressure you into signing something you are uncomfortable signing. I'm not saying don't tell your parents stuff either, but we got to recognize there are cultural issues. There are relationship issues. There, You might just want to keep stuff private. That's the thing. So you don't have to sign it if you don't want to. And parents, just be chill. Be chill from the time your kids are young so that they want to share stuff yeah. with you. It's like you don't. Oh God, no one wants like mom's like, it's like, honey, I was speaking to your doctor and I'm worried about your cholesterol, too. No one wants that. No. Nobody. No. Austin was asking who's paying for this. Yeah, who's paying for this? If you are a minor or on your parents' health insurance and you want a medical or mental health treatment uh, that won't go to your uh, insurance because you don't want your parents to find out, if you're in high school, talk to your school nurse, school counselor, school social worker about places you can go to get treatment that'll be either free or on a sliding scale that you can afford. Some school districts, if they have enough money, can help you pay for this. If you're in college, go to your college's health center, counseling center, or advisor. Ask them, can I do this without my insurance? If not, where can I go to do this without my insurance at an affordable price? Both high school and college students are allowed to go to Planned Parenthood, which does not just do abortions. In fact, the majority of them do not do abortions, and many of them provide sexual health treatment for men. So... And they do it at an affordable rate or a sliding scale. If you're out of college or whatever, I guess go to Google and just research for your low cost options. Yeah. You can also, once you're 18, get off of your parents' insurance if you want to. You don't have to have your parents' insurance. But it got it just so much easier. Mm-hmm. That was not an option when we were younger. No. Um, I think my mom might have paid up for me to be on hers. I don't really remember what happened while I was in college. I think there was some kind of option. But I might have had it for my school. It's a lot easier to be on your parents. But if you have a bad relationship with your parents, we would understand why you wouldn't want yeah. to. Um, then we have electronic health rec- records. Now, there are a lot of people who are afraid of electronic health records because they're like, well, my internet, my information is now out there in the cloud for it's anybody to access. It's already out there. Okay. If you have had paper records, which for most of our lives, Austin and I have had paper records. If you've ever moved, one of the things that had to be in your checklist was go to your doctor and pick up your health records. And you had to call in advance so they could get them all together. And then you had to find a safe place to carry them, bring them to your new place, and then wait until you have to go to the doctor and give them your records. And then if you realize you don't like that doctor, you have to get your doctor records again and go find a different doctor. It's a whole mess. And then some doctors even won't send that information through the mail in case it gets lost because there's a good chance they don't have additional copies. Electronic health records, on the other hand, are saved in an electronic health record system. There are several electronic health record systems out there. I know a lot about this, but I'm not going to get into it. Ultimately, what it means is that they can quickly share information with other doctors or with uh, health facilities that are interested in public health to get the information to people who need it immediately. So if you are in the emergency room and they don't know that you have these illnesses and you can't tell them, like if they don't know you're allergic to penicillin and you don't have a bracelet that says allergic to penicillin, they might just give you penicillin. But if they can, if they know enough to know who you are, they might be able to find your doctor and get your records immediately sent over. Doctors are going to send, are more willing to send them to other doctors this way when you request it too. And they are encrypted. They are probably way safer than most other things you put online. Like from Amazon, you're probably less safe than you are with your medical records because this is a big fucking deal. Not to say, you know, nothing would ever happen, but nothing, you can't promise nothing would never happen with your paper records either. Someone could break in and steal records, which, you know, has happened. Your doctor's office could burn down or have a tornado or whatever. Your doctor could die. 
your doctor could suddenly retire. These things get put in a storage facility. They're never seen again. Austin, do you know where any of your childhood medical records are? No. Do you know when your vaccines were? Nope. No, that's the thing. Those were all on paper. We can't just, I think my child, my, my very first doctor, I think he still works. I think he's like 150, but I think he still works. I kind of doubt he still has my paper records. So electronic records forever, follow you everywhere. Notice none of this says you personally are covered by HIPAA or that other groups can't ask for information. Anyone can ask you for information and you can share your information with anyone. You can also refuse to share information with people. But they're allowed to ask certain questions, even if they're businesses, and your friends and family can ask whatever you want. You can decide whether or not you share it. For instance, uh, for a business, they're allowed to say you have to wear a mask. Even now. Hell, they could say it once COVID's completely over. If they just want to have a masks all the time policy, they can. There is nothing stopping them. And it wouldn't violate HIPAA at any point. It also doesn't violate the ADA for them to ask you to wear a mask. It's They are allowed to ask you to wear a mask. And if you refuse, they are allowed to ask you, do you have a medical condition that would require you to not wear a mask? They're allowed to ask that. They are not allowed to ask, what specific medical condition do you have? But if they have one of those, if they do have a policy of unless you have a medical condition, they are allowed to ask you a medical condition. It's the same thing with service animals. You come up with a service animal. They are allowed to ask, is this a service animal? What is it trained to do? They are not allowed to ask why you need it. They're just allowed to ask, what is it trained to do? Uh, and as a side note, please don't fake a service animal like mm. that guy at the fucking psychic fair. He was a vendor, for God's sake, and he had a yeah. service dog. Now, the moment I see a service dog wearing a vest that has 27 patches on it saying service dog, I already don't think it's a service dog. Service dogs don't have to have vests. A lot of them do. That doesn't mean it's not a service dog. But this one had it written like 50 different places and it was really unofficial. Like not, they're not official to begin with, but it looked like he had, it was bad. The dog was running around. The dog was barking. It was chasing other service dogs that came in. Like, this is not a service dog. You suck and you're making it harder for everybody else. Yeah. Anyway, that's ADA stuff though. That is not HIPAA. And they are allowed to refuse you admittance under the ADA if they cannot reasonably accommodate you. They have to be able to prove they can't reasonably accommodate you. If you're coming in and they say wear a mask and you say no, they said, okay, stay, uh, give us your shopping list. We'll go your shopping for you. That is a reasonable accommodation. In fact, that is an above and beyond accommodation. There's nothing that you can do to say that they're violating the law now. If your service animal is a miniature horse, which is a real thing, there are very few animals allowed to be service animals. Uh, emotional support's a different thing. If you, their facility is not large enough for a miniature horse, they are allowed to say, sorry, we can't let you in. But my miniature... Lil Sebastian! Your, your service dog can be larger than a miniature horse. It can be a Great Pyrenees. It can be a Great Dane. The difference between a, a miniature horse and those is that those dogs can curl up by your feet. A miniature horse kind of just is a miniature horse and it's miniature horsing around everywhere it is. <laughs> it's got, they've got shoes on, though. They wear shoes. They're so cute. Um, and they are good at what they do, but they aren't able to go in everywhere for because just because of space. Anyway, that is ADA. Separate thing from HIPAA, but you can't claim a business is violating HIPAA really at any point because they have nothing to do with it unless they are a medical provider who is fucking with your information or someone else's. Um, so then we've got the stuff that goes out into the world. Because obviously doctors have to put stuff into the world. Academic papers. Uh, we see human interest stories. We see the reality TV that I really, really love. Uh, we see shows that are about medicine, like Scrubs and House and Grey's Anatomy, that have medical advisors. How does HIPAA work with these things? Oh, and I've never actually thought mm -hmm. of that. 
academic papers are pretty straightforward. They can talk about patients so long as they remove identifying information, which would make it clear who that person was. Oh, oh, HIPAA only covers you for 50 years after your death, by the way. So if you die today, 50 years from today, they can put all identifying information out there that they want about you. I don't know why they would. At what point is it? Why is it useful at this point? Doesn't matter if your family's still alive. Doesn't matter if your family says no. They can do it. Oh, my gosh. We need to find some celebrities that died 50 years ago and just go bananas. Well, actually, think about how much we know about celebrities who died 50 years ago, like Marilyn Monroe. Oh, yeah. Think of uh, Judy Garland. These things that we learned about them. They died more than 50 years ago, I think. Uh, According to Anna Reisman in an article for The Atlantic, when she discusses talking about patients in papers, and she also teaches writing workshops to medical residents, she talks about HIPAA, quote, prohibits doctors and other medical professionals from publicly disclosing health-related identifiable information about their patients, their household members, and their relatives. Doctors who publish research papers about particular patients, for example, must remove all demographic information necessary to ensure privacy and, in some cases, obtain the patient's permission, unquote. However, there are only 18 HIPAA identifiers that need to be hidden. Should I just say these really fast or should I actually... Go, go through them. Let's, I'll stop you if I want to. Okay. Name. Address, uh, address anything smaller than your state. Anything related to dates except for years, including your birth and death dates. But weirdly, they can share your exact age if you are over uh, until you turn 89, at which point they have to say over 89. Phone numbers, fax numbers, email addresses, social security numbers, medical record number, health plan, beneficiary number, account number, certificate or license number, vehicle identifiers and serial numbers, device identifiers and serial numbers, web URLs, have no idea what that means, IP address, finger or voice print photos, not limited to just your face, but your body as well, and any other character characteristic that could uniquely identify you. Fax number. People still have fax machines. Okay. All businesses do, if you work at a business, I guess. Yeah. I would guess web URL. I mean, I guess they probably couldn't share like, share like on the testpod.com. If... Yes. That's, yeah, your website. Although it's... if I put that in my will and my living will, but my doctor must broadcast my podcast. Okay. Oh yeah. Your living will. Uh, the doctor needs to come on to a podcast episode. With the, with the person who is still conscious. The doctor like, um, no, that is not a reasonable expectation within your living will. So no, I will not be doing that. Damn it. We tried. If any one of these things, even initials for your name, is in a piece of communication, it is considered identified communication. So, you, And if somebody says, oh, you used this person's actual initials, you have to go through the entire thing and make sure you removed that every time along with anything else that could potentially identify a person because you cannot even use their actual initials. You can use things like the year in which they were born. So it'd be like patient A, male, born 1922. Yes. They can also say the state, but they can't say anything. They can probably say a rural area, mm-hmm. a, an urban area, but they can't say Kansas City. Yeah. However, you can get permission to use these things if you want to. Uh, you can get permission to use some of them, all of them, kind of depends on the patient. To write in the vague way, though, you technically don't have to. Uh, whether or not it's ethical is up to you. You can also get permission to include, I already said that, but no matter what, make sure your ass is completely covered. It's always better to get permission. Now, there's this whole, like, you know, it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. That's true in a lot of cases, not when it's medical information or other personal identifiable information. Basically, if it could hurt somebody, it is not better to ask for forgiveness. I'm just imagining it's like, hey, while you were under, uh, we kind of like we did a facelift on you. I thought you needed it. Um, I'm asking permission now, but I think it looks much better. I mean, Elon Musk no longer has to ask for it. It's keeping his skin over his lizard face. God, they... He's 50. Sorry, guys, you weren't here for our personal conversation off the podcast earlier. <laughs> 
It is also considered good form in general to get family permission if the person about whom you're writing is dead or incapacitated. But again, it's not technically necessary. And I'm saying this not as legal advice. I am not your lawyer. Do not take this as legal advice. And if you are going to take this as legal advice, at least pay us. Actually, no, don't even do that. No, we're not lawyers. Nothing. None of this is legal advice. None if, of you this would, is advice. if you would like to pay us just for existing, you're welcome to do so. You can tweet at us at on the test pod. I've been, I've been sliding you then, man. Yeah. And I will give you like my Venmo and you can just send me that money and then you'll steal my information back and it'll be just the whole thing. So but that's he- a violation of HIPAA. So don't do it. But anyway, with an academic paper, you're usually pretty safe. The one thing that surprised me is that you can't share photos uh, of the body. That surprised me. Like, I can understand, like, because you, you see them a lot. Yeah. And usually, like, ha- hell, half the time they're naked and they just have their eyes covered. But chances are, those people gave permissions. Like, yeah, just make sure that they can't, nobody can see it's me because I understand why this is medically necessary for people to see. So academics, you're usually pretty safe. But if you're writing some more personal, like, about conversations you had with this person... Um, the emotional effects it was having on them, things like that. It's kind of a judgment call. And you have to ask yourself, would what in here would be identifiable? What in this conversation? What wouldn't? And what is my goal in doing this? Is this really necessary? Is this something I need to share? Or am I just, you know, trying to get money for this article? And actually, that does matter. And if you ever get brought up on HIPAA violations, <laughs> what was your goal? Because doing something for personal gain turns it from a civil to a criminal one in many cases and can put you in jail. One thing the author of the Atlantic article suggested is that doctors create fictional situations because usually if they want to write something more personal, it's about the patient, not the disease. So they put them in a fictional situation. They take the same person, create a different situation, and basically formulate how that person would react in these circumstances that are similar enough, but not the same. Because then there is nothing that is actually true that happened, but it is still informative. That is what she suggests. But again, back to the 18 personal identifiable things, you're probably fine, but don't be an idiot and don't be that guy. Like, if you feel yeah. like this could hurt somebody, don't suck. Yeah. Now, the hardest one for me to um, to really think about, though, is my favorite, which is TV shows. The nonfiction ones, especially where they claim to be telling real stories, but the actual patients aren't there. Is that what they're doing? Are they putting people in a fictional situation? Are they combining different stories? Which is what I think is what's usually happening, yeah. is they're combining different stories. Because, by God, I love, like, untold stories of the ER uh, but then there are ones where the patients are there, and so clearly they gave permission. Sex sent me to the ER, for Sex example. Sex sent me to the ER, unless that is fiction, which to my knowledge it isn't. And although, can you imagine? Because there was an injury on sex sent me to the ER. And to my knowledge, that guy and I are the only people on earth who have had this specific injury. I did not have it while I was having sex. I, when I was eight, knelt down on a sewing needle, and it broke into my kneecap, and I had to have surgery to have part of my kneecap removed to get this out. That was actually, I mentioned earlier, the one overnight hospital stay I had. I was eight, so no, this is not related to sex. But his injury was exactly the same, except he was an adult having sex at that time. So either someone got hold of my story and decided to turn it an eight-year-old's terror moment into a sex story, or this is the one other person on Earth who's had this injury, and it happened to be an episode of of Sex and Me to the R that I happened to watch. Oh, every time you tell about that needle thing, it makes my my knees hurt. It doesn't hurt. I know, no, it like I get sympathy pains. It's like ah, it didn't hurt. No, it didn't hurt. Oh, it didn't hurt. No. Ugh. Um, it hurt later when I was getting like, I only went to one session of physical therapy that I remember the rest of it was supposed to be done at home, probably because I screamed too much is my guess. But 
Yeah, no, you, I didn't feel it. Didn't feel it at all until I straightened out my leg and I was like, why is my knee stiff? And there was a thread coming out. So also that's why I'm really like when the, people are sewing, like when I teach sewing in my classes, I was actually a uh, you can take your shoes off if you want teacher unless I had sharp objects on the floor. And during the sewing stuff, you kept your shoes on. And every day I was like, okay, guys, really search the floor. I was like, guys, I'm not like this is you're not going to be in trouble if you drop a needle. We all it's going to happen. If you can't find it or if you can't get it up, call me over and I will like block off the area because I'm not having somebody get hurt like that because it was scary. Anyway, um, chances are in those cases, they are making up some kind of some part of the situation that will make it completely not in violation of HIPAA. Then we have medical consultants on TV shows. Do they only fact check or do they give story ideas? I've heard both. Um, depending on the show and the relationships and how much control the writers like to have, sometimes the the doctors are there and are like, okay, I got to tell you this crazy thing that happened with a patient. Now, they're not going to be like, his name was Austin and this is exactly what happened to him. He, his name was Austin. He was complaining about how his wife was killing bees and then she tried to kill him with bees. See, I thought I had the perfect crime. Are you allergic to bees? I'm not going to say that because HIPAA. No, I'm not allergic <laughs> to bees. I actually don't know if I'm allergic to bees. I've never been stung by one. I've been stung by a bee or a wasp, but I have, in fact, been stung by a scorpion. Right. I've been like stung by something and I swell up really bad, but I've been stung by bees since then and been fine. So it must not have been a bee. Like that's Yeah, um, I'm so, like, as I, as I understand it, mosquito bites, that's allergic reaction. So apparently I'm severely allergic to those. Um scorpion not great don't recommend getting stung by a scorpion zero out of ten would not recommend so in some cases they are actually part of the story writing team but the story is changed drastically and it is put in a fictional location so unless they like use the the you know patient's name or something it's gonna likely be fine again not legal advice not a lawyer but if you want to pay me for my services as a as an existing human being i am happy to take your money then what happens if hipaa is violated you as a patient have the right to report anything you believe might be a hipaa violation or people who witness hipaa violations like other medical professionals can also report it how it's handled depends on the situation if it's something really minor it might just be handled internally they could fire fire the doctor you could get civil charges or you could get criminal charges um it all kind of depends on what you did why you did it if you tried to fix it when you realized that something had happened and if you realized you were doing it um because you know most cases ignorance of the law is not an excuse in this case it's actually kind of not the not true uh, if you were not trained properly in HIPAA, the person who trained you in HIPAA is often liable for your HIPAA violation. But if you knew about it, then, you know, you're going to get something happening to you. Could be a slap on the wrist, could be years and years in prison if they're able to prove that it was malicious, negligent and harmful or for per and or for personal gain. You go jail by. <laughs> and so that's things like anything that could make you money by sharing this information, uh, anything where you know you're going to hurt somebody. It could even be something like this person told me that they're afraid of their parents beating them for them telling me this, but I'm going to tell them anyway because, you know, my other judgment is this. It's like, I don't, or I don't believe them and they're, you know, they get beaten to death. You're at fault. But as they say on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, when it comes to HIPAA in general, the situation's a lot more nuanced than that. And the short, the short thing to know is that anyone can ask anything they want in terms of HIPAA, not ADA, but they aren't given the right to hear the answers from doctors, health insurance, or other people in that arena. Your family and you are not violating HIPAA in any way by sharing information, and um, most people are not violating HIPAA by asking. HIPAA is actually an extremely narrow 
thing involving a very small number of people. And if you have actual questions about it, just ask your doctor. Don't ask a podcaster. Unless the podcaster is a doctor. In which case, you can probably ask them. Yeah. Which would be weird, though, because you listen to a podcast, you just shout that out. They're not going to answer you. Yeah, it's not like declaring bankruptcy. You can't just yell it. I didn't yell it. I declared it. (laughs) Are you ready for some questions? I'm ready for questions. Will this be on the test? HIPAA can only be violated by people in your involved with your medical care, not anyone else. The other ones are just jerks. Yeah, that should be on the test. If you're a minor age 12 or older, you actually have the right to keep some things from your parents. No, we can't let kids know this. Parents would be so mad at us. Kids, please know that. Yeah, kids know that. No, like, yeah, kids, if you're in trouble, tell somebody that you trust. Tell somebody. We'll help. Like, Mm -hmm. hell, if you're one of my former students and you're, like, you're freaked out about something, you can, I'm not that hard to find. (laughs) It's true. She's very brightly colored. She's usually wearing something bright, happy, and colorful and fun. I'm wearing a black tank top. Yeah. But earlier <laughs> you were wearing like a snuggie with like fl- bursting flowers on it. Fireworks. Fireworks. The only kind of fireworks I like. The fake kind. Uh, I also like the Katy Perry song. Really? Yeah. Really? How could you not like Fireworks by Katy Perry? Ew. Ugh, some people have no taste. No. I... No. <laughs> <laughs> there are 18... 18- Identifying pieces of information covered by HIPAA, and that's it. Basically, anything else is fair game. Yeah. And a lot of things involved with HIPAA are judgment calls on all sides. See, it's always hard to put judgment calls on a test, so I'm going to say no. (laughs) So, that is kind of an overview of HIPAA. Again, not legal or medical advice of any sort. Talk to a lawyer. Talk to a doctor. Don't talk to a podcaster who is neither of those things for information about that. Yes. This is just a basic overview. Now, if you want to know more about ILS systems... Boom, I'm your guy, but... Yeah, if you want to hear me pretend to know stuff about stuff, I'm really good at that. And I can tell you all about, you know, a lot of things about the school system. And I'm pretty knowledgeable about capybaras and cats. So I'm very helpful. Yes, I am not. Just random bullshit that might not be true. That's but me. I will help you look things up. Me too. Are you ready for my section? Yes. Are you going to be able to keep it as short as I did? Oh my god! Okay, we had a lot of back and forth. We did. We did. Well, we can have a lot of back and forth with mine too because I get angry. Oh man, I didn't get angry during mine. Oh, mine's... I'm actually talking about something I did learn in school. It's just something that pisses me off so much. I'm listening. It is Ayn Rand or Ayn Rand. I didn't bother looking up the correct pronunciation because it does not matter. She is a non-entity to me. I learned nothing about her in school. I didn't have to read any of her books. Like, she never really came up. She came up in the study of ethics. I can see that. Based on my knowledge of her, I can see why she would come up in that conversation. I'm going to go into why she came up in ethics later. But first of all, why do I hate her so much? Obviously... I could talk about her horrible books, like, and how they are just economic fan fiction masquerading as philosophy, which it's not. It's very bad. Wait, fan fiction of the economy? Yeah. It's literally just like, oh, this is how I wish the economy worked. It's like, it's like libertarians also just love to pretend to have read this. And I know they haven't read it because it's like 700 fucking pages and it could be 200. Which book are you talking about? All of them. Like, I actually had a copy of Atlas Shrugged for a long time, but I will freely admit I never read it. I always intended to. Yeah. Uh, 
Never made it through Atlas Shrugged. Made it most of the way through Fountainhead before I threw it on the ground in disgust. Not as bad as the time you threw Twilight on the grill. I did. I or was that Fifty Shades? No, it was Twilight. It was specifically the second one. So New Moon. I don't remember. Yeah, the second Twilight book. I couldn't anymore, so I threw it, and it ended up in the grill. I read the first Twilight book, finished it, and immediately started rereading it because I wanted to understand. <laughs> so, and it's like. Atlas Shrugged, so bad. It is like an Aesop fable for shitty, self-important people, but with no moral. Why are we bringing Aesop into this? Because it's like a moralistic tale with no moral. That's what it is. And it's like the capitalist utopia at the end is stupid. None of it makes sense. It's like, oh, yes, a guy who was a genius for writing sympathy symphonies is just a farmer now because that's totally a transferable skill and he's brilliant at it. And we are just brilliant at everything we do, and it's just so Wait, is dumb. Is this capitalist or is this socialist? Oh, it's capitalist. They get they basically it's the capitalists who give up because there's too many takers. So they form their own utopia in which there's no government, no taxes, and no laws, and they all exist in perfect harmony. But isn't that what the Republicans keep telling us is socialism? Yes, it is. <laughs> Now, I've no. actually started writing an episode on socialism about 300 times, and it is so complicated. Oh. This, yeah, this is not... And then, or Fountainhead, also makes zero sense. It is about an architect who decides, I my brilliant is perfect, and I can't let all these regulations and engineers get in the way of my perfect vision. And he builds a size skyscraper that's perfect on his own. Because apparently all of the, like, the workers and skilled tradesmen don't matter. He just did it himself. He was bending steel with his bare hands and throwing concrete places. Wait, that actually is on the cover. Him bending steel with his bare hands. Does that actually happen in the book? I thought it was no, symbolism. It, it basically happens in the book. It's like her, she makes these like brilliant capitalist supermen who can do no wrong and are just trying to fight against this oppressive system that's keeping them down. How does she treat women in these books? Poorly. Hmm. Yeah, it's like, you can't build a building yourself. That's insane. That is insane. Um, Say that to all of the sets that I've built. Okay, cool. How long with, How long were those up? Well, I mean, none of them were that play that where things burned down at the end, so yeah. they could still be up if I wanted them the to. The ring cycle? Yeah. Yeah. Or you could also t complain about Ayn Rand's hypocrisy, because even though she was against any form of government and any form of taker, she actually depended on government programs most of her adult life. Or she said that emotion was bad and no one should everyone should be logical and not make emotional decisions. She was constantly screaming emotional and like everything was an emotional decision. She was mad about the world and screamed about it all Austin, the time. Austin, she wasn't screaming. She was declaring. But, like, that's kind of an ad hominem attack, so I'm not going to do it. I'm better than that. Yes, go back to our episode about logical fallacies to learn more about that. What we really need to be critical of, and this is, like, the core of all the problems, is the philosophy that she wrote, objectivism. Now, it formed, again, the ideas behind her writings, and I'm going to summarize it for you here, because I am not kidding you. It took her 60 pages to say what I'm about to say in two sentences. Logic, hey. not emotion, should dictate morality, and self-interest should be the biggest, the only factor in decision-making. Okay, so logic over emotion when making a decision. Mm -hmm. logic, I... uh, logic should determine what is more moral, not emotion. Okay, I could see an argument for that. But the second part where self-interest is the only thing that should matter, that isn't even logical. No, it's not. Because it's not logical to want, like, okay... So self-interest, I don't want to pay taxes for public schools. That is a self-interest decision. Oh, I'm going to go into this big time later. Okay, so I should shut up? Shut up. <laughs> you want to go? Let's do this. 
I'm gonna so, take you. So, Healthy like, fucking marriage. Yeah, just so look at thing look at things logically and only do things if they are in your self interest. Those are not the same thing. Those are like yeah, completely I, against I, each other. No. And again, this idea went super great with her brand of libertarianism, which was no public education, no taxes, no regulation, and the government should only exist to enforce contracts. Isn't that what lawyers are for? Yeah. So basically it's like, aha, you said you'd deliver me 500 beams of steel, but you only delivered 499. I will get the government involved and we'll we'll figure this out somehow, even though there's no enforcement mechanism that is written into this. It's and this is a very simple belief. And again, it's like you can like it's like you can if you hear it, it's like, oh yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense if you don't think about it. <laughs> a lot of things make sense if you don't think about it. It's one of those things like, oh yes, this is common sense, of course. And this philosophy has a huge following, especially among uh CEOs and executives. See, Austin and I were actually getting into it about CEOs and executives the other day because I you know, in spite of everything, I think I have we go back and forth and on who who has more faith in humanity, I think. And for a long time it was me. And then COVID hit and I lost all faith in humanity. But now I'm coming back. I'm like, you know what? I think at the end of the day, most people are trying to be okay. But and, then And meanwhile I'm here like, eat the rich. Well, there actually is believed to be a higher percentage of sociopaths within high executive uh, functions within businesses than in other positions. Most of them, though, they're kind of good at their job. Yeah. Well, we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about this shitty philosophy that they think is the rule of the world. Uh, and it's like they're, they feel like, fuck, yeah, I've earned all of this. Why should I help these parasites who do nothing for me? See, I've worked with some really good CEOs, so, like, I'm trying to, like, oh. imagine that, and it just kind of, like, but at the same time, I've worked with some uh, not CEOs, but in more public, see, okay, when I've interviewed for jobs and, like, worked, I've seen this kind of self-interest stuff more, actually, in nonprofits than in profits. Oh, yeah, it's, this is a pervasive philosophy that's kind of dumb. It's kind of dumb. But, let's like, the flaws should be pretty evident. You've already talked about a few of them. Uh, firstly, the full, the whole uh, logic over emotion thing. People are emotional and social beings. You can't dictate everything based on what is purely logical. Like, community is arguably the most important evolutionary adaptation that we've had. The TV show? The, com- the TV show. <laughs> no, the fact that we form communities and will work together and, like, do stuff as a group instead of all just being individuals, like, roaming the West. Well, and actually, okay, are you going to get into different countries? No. Okay, so... so this... I was trying to keep this short. <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> so... We actually have this thing where countries that have a less individualistic nature we're having and cities that have cities are inherently in many ways less individualistic. This is actually a really interesting article I read back in the midst of COVID. By nature, they have to be less individualistic because you are so tightly packed that you have to be aware that your your behaviors have an impact on others. Meanwhile, the far um the farther spaced out you are, the more individualistic people tend to become, which is why certain places were having a better time getting COVID under control because people knew that their behaviors had an effect on others and they were more willing to work together to get it under control. And then if we look at different countries, countries that are more communal tend to have things like lower crime rates and especially lower violent crime rates than countries that are more individualistic. So if you look at crime rates worldwide, you will see some uh, interesting data if you consider their overall culture. 
so obviously, and so obviously, if you're not gonna, like, if you're acting only your self-interest, you're going to make everyone around you mad at you. And also, it's impossible to separate yourself from emotions. Like, there, we make decisions all the time that we think are logical, but are actually emotional, and our brains aren't good at telling the difference between the two. Yeah, uh, I made many, many pro-con lists about staying with my ex-husband, both while you're dating and while you're married. The reasons to stay with him was an, always a shorter list than the reasons to leave, and I stayed because of fucking emotions. Yeah. Guys, if that con list is longer, leave. Go. So, go. I'm just going to throw out a stupid example here of nothing of something that does not happen in the real world. Like, say, for instance, I started a... Um, overnight jackhammer road construction business because it's cooler at night and the roads are less busy, so it'll be cheaper to do this. So I'll make more money and whoever's paying me will save money. It's a great deal. We do road work at night. Wonderful. It makes logical sense and it keeps costs down. But... It's going to piss everyone within a mile of me who's trying to sleep off. They're going to hate it. They're going to be mad about it. And you could argue easily that that is not in someone's self-interest because other people are violent beings. And eventually someone's going to come out and punch you. Now, in Rand's world, in her vision of things, and the way she thinks the way things work, the sleeping people I wake up would simply see that this is a smart business decision and accept that they are just not going to sleep as well. But it is not in their self-interest to do so. No, it is not. So there we get to conflicting self-interest, which she never addresses at all. Because in all of her books and everything, the people who agree with each other always band together perfectly and do everything as one. And there's never So they form a community. Yes, they do. They form a commune. In one case, literally based on what you said. Yeah. In her books, like, again, by the way, in her books, these like Mary Sue capitalist heroes never sleep. They only work, and they get mad at themselves for the unforgivable weakness or pain that they sometimes feel. Are, okay, is Anne Rand dead? She's she's super dead. When did she die? Like 50 years ago. How old is Jeff Bezos? He's like 90, I don't know. Is there a chance that Jeff Bezos is her reincarnated? I mean, maybe maybe she never died, she just shaved her head. I mean, she was not if an attractive Nicolas woman. Cage is a vampire, I don't see why Ayn Rand slash Jeff Bezos can't be. Yeah. We'll find out when he goes to space. Ooh. And it's, it's again, it's, it's so stupid that, like, pe- Jeff Bezos agrees with his philosophy to an extent. It is weird. A lot of things, like, I'm so confused by Amazon because just a couple years ago, I mean, it feels like it's probably 10 years ago, but, like, this is one of the best companies to work for, even as a factory worker, even as a, as a warehouse worker. It's great. It's great. And then all of a sudden, it feels like it's like, wait, like, wasn't Bezos always in charge? What's happening? Oh, yeah. He decided that he wanted high turnover because that would keep the people who are dedicated and wanted to wanted to work instead of these lazy people who are only there for the paycheck. Why is anybody? <sighs> yeah, it's stupid. So let's look at some examples of emotional um, decisions where this kind of falls apart. Charitable giving, not in your self-interest. It's clearly emotional to give money to needy people. Why would you do this? It's a waste of money. So they'll give you money when you need it later. Yeah, that doesn't factor in because you'll never need money because you're perfect. Okay. Uh Anything involving children. Like, children are shockingly absent in these books. So propagating the species with your perfect DNA is not in your self-interest. No. Uh, Long-term care for anyone. Caring for the elderly at all. Hungry children. People with disabilities. help Or uh, assisting people if there's been a natural disaster. None of this makes sense under her philosophy. And it falls real fucking close to eugenics. When yeah, you I take was, it no, to I the... was literally just thinking, was this written before or after the rise of Hitler? After. Because like what they don't one thing they don't teach you in school really is it didn't start with him rounding up Jewish people. It started off with him ri- rounding up the disabled and the elderly for the most part. Yeah. 
and saying that we're taking them somewhere where they can, you know, be better cared for. And then, oh, no, they're settling in. Oh, no, their phone's broke. Whatever. Uh, And and according to Rand, all of these are wastes. And if you help others for like in a way that doesn't benefit you, you are a fool. But then there's that episode of Friends where they try to prove that all acts of charity are inherently selfish and they prove that they are basically. Oh, and there are people who argue for this shit philosophy, like the Atlas Society, which is one of the larger Ayn Rand associations. There's Fandoms. several of them. And they're all on par. They actually argue that it is in your self-interest to help people. So, exam- for example, it's like, oh, no, you need to help people for all of these reasons and all this community stuff. So they're basically in a very, very roundabout way saying, we accept that we're wrong, but we're going to keep doing this anyway. And so they're really just saying it's logical to make emotional decisions because it isn't in your self-interest to act only in your self-interest. They are going around in circles to justify this. And they keep doing it because they really love the strong steel man in the books who's a self-made man and really did all the good things. They identify with him. Austin's just sitting there watching me have thoughts. I'm sure he'll cut off the long pause that just happened. Yeah, they just want to pretend to be these rugged capitalist geniuses that are in her books, but ignore the moral she wrote in her books because she literally stated in, I'm summarizing like a couple of chapters in this book because that's how long it takes her to say anything. Uh, She killed off 300 people who were in a train tunnel who asphyxiated in there because the government was doing a thing that was bad, but including kids that died in this train tunnel. And she straight up says that we don't need to mourn them and they were wrong because they accepted help from the government and they deserve to die for doing so. What was the help from the government? Being on a train? No, the train wasn't help from the government, but she's talked about all these people who were on the train were just like, you know, they accepted the government and they were working for the government. They liked the government and they deserved to die because of it. I'm barely even paraphrasing. 100% of the people on that train worked for the government? Or had accepted government help. Like one of them had a grant or one of them was a child who had whose parents had accepted food stamps. Does she know that not all grants, in fact, most grants don't come from the government? But this was a government grant. She doesn't... Okay, she's also real... She's like... She doesn't know real world stuff at all. Oh, and also, in Atlas Shrugged, the super capitalists got mad that they have to share, and they just leave everything behind and just start up this new utopia that doesn't actually work because they didn't get their way, which sounds kind of emotional, don't you think? Mm-hmm. It's like, take, screw you, I'm taking my ball and going home. It's not logical to abandon society and basically all of the wealth you've accumulated. Mm-hmm. And again, and this shit starts to fall apart if you ask any questions at all. Like, for example, the no public education thing. Providing an education for others is not in my self-interest. Why should educating the public be my responsibility? Well, what's going to replace it? Uh, usually they say some mixture of homeschool and private schools. It's like, okay. Who, how are you going to do homeschool and private school if you have if you have to work all the time? Yeah. Or, like, what are the standards going to be? If there's no regulation at all, how are you going to guarantee you're getting a good education? Oh, God, don't get me started on homeschool standards. Oh, and their response is, well, the free market will decide. How? What about the poor? What about people? What about working parents? Doesn't the system just inherently benefit the wealthy? Which, again, she doesn't care about. And most of the people who subscribe to this either are wealthy or pretend that they're wealthy. Uh, Or what about people with learning disabilities? What about fraud, like Trump University? How are you going to address that if there's no regulation? or anything controlling this because you could just say pay for my school and then run away and there's nothing but to stop that's you. what the government's there for is for the contracts ah yeah but th- but how are they going to enforce it because there's no enforcement in any of this all prisons are private yeah uh, what about transfer credits how are transfer credits going to work or certification standards well you don't need people who are certified austin one dude can bend steel with his hands and build his own skyscraper yeah again in her books there's basically no kids like 
there's one that dies and like there's no kids in her utopia. It's just a bunch of people who are going to grow old and die. And then I'm oh god, the whole no regulations thing just pisses me off to no end because it causes so many like regulations are necessary, absolutely necessary. And if you had no education, it'd just get worse because no, there'd be no central standard for anything. No one would know what was actually supposed to happen. Like, you might have two different people, one who's working in metric, one who's working with inches, and stuff would just fall apart. Th- things wouldn't work. I only measure in bananas. Yeah. Someone might invent their own measurement system because they think it works better and start using that. I mean, that's pretty much what I already do because I yeah. can't visualize other things, so I compare them to things in my brain. And again, again, no regulations is a huge problem. I've already covered this theme several times. You're acting like our podcast listeners have argued with you about this. (sighs) I've already covered this, guys. Jesus! I, uh, podcast listeners haven't, but idiots on the internet have. Like, the lasting harm that's come to the environment and people when co- corporations decide that we need to save money on a thing, and it's in their self-interest to just dump poisons into the water. Like, and to ever stop it, this public outcry didn't do anything. It was government regulation that finally had to come in and do stuff. Like, uh, like when I was talking about mercury and the Minamata disease, that cor- company, the people who lived around there were defending that company as they were dying of mercury poisoning or uh, leaded gas or CFCs or just air pollution in general. Like there are coal miners dying of black lung who defend coal mining. It's it's never going to happen without government regulations and it's just going to get bad and think the world will end. We need government regulations. And we need government regulations by people who actually know what they're talking about. And the people, Rand and her, I don't know, acolytes who follows philosophy say it shouldn't exist in the first place. It'll it'll sort itself out, despite all of the historic evidence of it never sorting itself out. What sorting itself out? Regulations. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, well, if they're poisoning everyone, uh, people are going to stop doing business with them. No, they're not, because they're providing a cheaper product. And you're, yeah. it's in your self-interest to look at your bottom line. Even under her own philosophy, you can see how not having regulations is going to fail. Yeah, and that is something that, like, every single person who is listening to this and the people here who are talking me, Austin, me, we have all lost good place points because we know that we are choosing a cheaper option over a more ethical option. Sometimes out of necessity, sometimes out of habit, sometimes because we're cheap. I mean, there is no ethical consumption under capitalism. I was going to put it, make a cannibalism joke, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, don't even get us on... Ethics... You are the one who said eat the rich. That's true. So there is ethical consumption under there capitalism. There we go. Thank you. There we I go. Was, I was afraid you're going to get into your ethically sourced skulls thing, which... That's an episode in and of itself. I got two hours of how there's no such thing as an ethically sourced human skull. The time the time that I tell that story got longer and longer every time we mention it. I probably only talked for about 45 minutes about how people say they get ethically sourced human skulls. <laughs> and I'll even mention something in Atlas Shrugged about their utopia they build. Because in the middle of their town... There's an oil well, and they're mm-hmm. just drilling for oil in the middle of town and refining it in the middle of town. And I imagine a spill would be great because there's probably no safety regulations. And you know, having a refinery in the middle of a place where everybody lives, uh, even though I didn't hear anyone in the book, I mean, we know that there's been problems linked to health from people living around refineries. That's like just a thing that's happened. And with no regulations, they're going to start dying of cancer real fast in this utopia. Cancer doesn't exist in this utopia. All oh, you no. have, if you believe in yourself enough, you won't get cancer. If you work if you work hard enough, the cancer just dies. You can will it out of you. We're giving all kinds of dangerous advice today. Yeah. So why the fuck is this even a topic? Again, yeah. I, why is this a topic, Austin? You're the one who chose it. 
again, I, I learned about this in ethics class, but it was literally just because it was a simple moral philosophy with clear flaws, and it was kind of like critical thinking with training wheels. You can see the problems from a mile away, and you can talk through them, and you can see them yourself. Okay, this ethics class was in college. Yeah. Was your teacher named Omar? I don't remember. Kind of a shorter guy who was bald? Mm, he was. Did he He kind of sounded like an uh, Inspector Gadget. I don't remember what he sounded like. This just, the way you're putting this and the, the passion you're putting into it reminds me a lot of the philosophy teacher I had at that same college. Yep. Yeah, it's just, we learn it because it's a simple, bad philosophy with clear flaws that even like a novice student can see and start to picture, put together themselves with minimal like instructor stuff that's what it's there for it's like it helps us it's the training wheels so when we get to stuff like can't which makes more sense and like its flaws are more subtle you can actually start seeing it yourself instead of just having to have everything explained to you but there's a bunch of ceos and their ilk who love it and there's lo there's these rand societies actually lobby schools to teach units on rand mm -hmm. uh, like even uh once oh god i think it I think it was like the the Rand Society. Uh, they all have dumb names. Uh, they offered a huge grants to schools to teach Rand, mm -hmm. uh, either as literature or as philosophy or both if you can. And academics still ignore it because it's it's bad. There is no academic merit to Rand. Yeah, the reason I had a copy of it and planned to read it is the same reason people have like copies of War and Peace. It's one of those things that's like it's in the culture enough that you know you probably should know more about it. But then you just never bother. Yeah. And again, CEOs love this shit. Like there was a survey done and Atlas Shrugged was ranked as the second most influential book in the United States right after the Bible. Which they also encourage people to teach in public schools as literature, philosophy or both. Yeah. I and actually was taught about the Bible in public school on multiple occasions and had to read good chunks of it. And some like famous people who like are, are in these societies and like adherence to this philosophy include uh former speaker of the house paul ryan justice clarence thomas who by the way uh allegedly makes his his law clerks watch the atlas shrugged movie okay wait no 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 there is a justice like on the supreme court who believes that all decisions be made in one's own self-interest yes we very rarely agree with him the the whole uh, government shouldn't exist, but I'm a Supreme Court justice anyway. Yeah, I broke her. But I've also seen him vote against his own self-interest multiple times. Like, I, I know who He's, he is. He still follows the law sometimes. Oh, it's awful. No, but this is not even following the law. It's making decisions that are in line with his political party. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's and basically every libertarian, just like all of them. The uh, Even the one on Tiger King? Even the one on Tiger King. Yeah, he is the perfect example. Oh, I'm talking about the guy, the the younger guy. Yeah. Not... No, he is the... He is the, the, the one who was there when the other guy shot himself. Yeah. It's just like, uh, just again, just collapses under any scrutiny. And as a final note, uh, Rand was an anti-theist. She was absolutely opposed to any and all religion. Like, it shouldn't exist. And instead of like an atheist who doesn't believe, she thought religion should be abolished. And that is also a core part of her philosophy, because all the church stuff is not in your self-interest. Why would it be? Because it means you get to park in people's yards and gather in their driveways and then aggressively sing Christmas carols at their house because it's in your self-interest to make them mad. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, church trauma from down the street. Atlas Shrugged literally ends with the cross being replaced by the dollar sign and people worshiping John Galt over Jesus. So it's kind of like she took 
the golden calf thing from the Bible and just reversed it. Yeah, it's again, the just Christianity being a waste is a core part of this. And at its very core, Christianity and objectivism are not compatible beliefs. And yet, oh boy, you hear about all of those politicians who also love Rand, also love Jesus and God. So clearly they either are lying or they don't know what they're talking about or they're just pandering to people. I'm, my money's on they're just pandering to Christians. So the next time you see someone who is like, you know, talking about Jesus and also loves Ayn Rand, he just mentions like, hey, uh, what? there's some hypocrisy going on here. So point that out. Like, Don't point it out. Ask questions. And oh, like, yeah. I'm just trying to understand. That is a much better. Sorry, I'm I'm, to, it's a much better. Uh, can you? I need you to explain to me. Like, so Ayn Rand says this, but the Bible says this. I'm really confused in how the two go together. How do you, uh, can you how explain do you, it to this to you, me? Can you, like, can you explain this to me? And but do it in a way where you seem genuinely confused. You're not accusatory. Oh, it's yeah. a lot better because oh, they yeah. might actually engage with you as opposed to shut up, which oh. you know Austin and I have only yelled at each other about five times this entire yeah. time. Ugh. So my rant is over. Your rant <sighs> is over. My rant. My rant. 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 Are you ready for questions? Because we've been here for like five hours. You've talked almost as long as I have, so there. Yeah. All right. Are you ready for questions then? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, the fact that Ag Atlas Shrubbed is a stupid fucking book beyond the test. <laughs> Sorry, you said Atlas Shrub. Atlas Shrub. <laughs> Ooh, Atlas Shrub would be a great name for a druid in Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, with their partner Adele Dazim. Adele Dazim and Atlas Shrug. All right, what was the question? Well, the fact that Atlas Shrugged is a dumb fucking book beyond the test. No, they'll never phrase something like that. Well, the fact that Fountainhead makes zero sense beyond the test. No, but now I'm thinking, I feel like Omar would have phrased both of those questions like that on the test. Well, the fact that the free market has never fixed shit beyond the test. You didn't even talk about what the free market actually is. Oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't exist. And, well, the fact that emotional decisions are just as valid as logical ones beyond the test, or can be just as valid as logical there ones. There we go, then yes. There I was like, are, no. Can be. Can uh, be, yes. God, you're so pedantic sometimes. Semant I it. It's about semantics, man. Remember, though, like, you, you've known me for literally half our lives, and... You know that I spent most of the first, like, ten years of that trying to lead entirely with logic because I didn't realize that I had been completely duped by someone who'd probably be a big fan of Ayn Rand. Oh, yeah. This, uh, Rand was built for him. <laughs> kind of dumb and makes sense if you don't think about it too hard. <sighs> oh, boy. So I was actually the calm one this week. Yeah, usually uh, I do something kind of goofy and you get angry. There's nothing goofy about Hippo. I know. We just got kind of goofy because that's what we do. And also, we're both real out of it. We are. So. Like, it is now about almost 11 at night. Ugh. And I just woke up and he's ready to go to bed. And yeah. we spent three hours at the vet yesterday. Like, ugh. Yeah, yesterday. There goes another train. What is with the trains tonight? I don't know. It's like the four they don't, they don't show up on the recording, so I think we're good. Okay. Yeah, you guys can't see it. At the beginning of Austin's thing, when I said, I can hear you, which will probably end up being left in because it's right in the middle, I had my ears covered because there's a certain frequency that the trains sometimes do that gives me a really bad headache. So I can hear Austin, but I had my hands over my ears so I wouldn't be able to hear that. <laughs> <sighs> So where can people find us? Uh, clearly not in one of Ayn Rand's worlds. No. Yep. Uh, they can find us on Twitter at On The Test Pod, on Instagram at On The Test Pod, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash On The Test Pod, 
and our website, onthetestpod.com. You cannot find us on any legal websites because we are not lawyers, and therefore you should not take anything we say as legal advice. Same goes for medical advice. We give medical. We talk about medical stuff a lot. Don't take medical advice yeah. from us. I mean, mostly our medical dev- advice comes from Pliny the Elder, so you shouldn't be taking it anyway. You should. Okay, no, no, you should take it if it's from Pliny. I've yeah. said that, like, ever since I started wearing my talisman, things have gotten better. That's what that is? Yeah. What's the talisman made out of? Testicles. Oh, okay. <laughs> visual humor works great on podcasts <laughs> thank you I, I don't mind saying this i have um i have like adhd which i'm sure you guys are completely shocked what? by so i have a uh, like a teething necklace like a chewable necklace and that's what austin was referring to when i said testicles i bit it <laughs> <laughs> Oh god, we're getting too slap happy, and I'm—I haven't eaten since I ate way too much pizza back at noon. So we probably should. Okay, every one of these ends with me saying we have to go eat. Let's go eat. I think that should be the way we end our podcast. Uh, I say I have to try bite the fake testicle next. <laughs> it's teal and made of silicon, guys. It's fine. <laughs> And probably not testicles. Like I, I know like, that you there, can't there guarantee a, there's no testicles. There is a certain allowable amount of like bone and bug in food. I don't see why there wouldn't be a certain amount of le- of legally amount, allowed amount of testicle and silicon chewables. <laughs> I think it's silicon. Well, I I think that is the perfect note to end this. So, all right, on the end of allowable amounts of testicles, class, class dismissed. dismissed.